0: Hello and welcome to Raising the Standard, Traders for a Safer Kent. This episode of the podcast will look at what members of the TS Checked Scheme can do to ensure they keep themselves and their customers safe from COVID. The lifting of all COVID restrictions in England on February 24th marked a significant new phase in how we learn to live with the virus. While there are no longer regulations that require the wearing of face masks in public places, and the legal requirement to self-isolate following a positive COVID test no longer applies, there are still very real concerns about how the virus can impact on residents of Kent. According to research conducted by Kent County Council, 48% of Kent residents say the precautions taken by a business to protect against the spread of COVID would be a factor in whether or not they would choose a trader to conduct work on their home. There are simple, practical ways, though, that traders can reassure their customers that they take the ongoing risks presented by COVID seriously. These precautions include the carrying out of a risk assessment prior to visiting a home, simple hygiene procedures such as the regular washing and sanitisation of hands, and the recognition that older residents and those with pre-existing health conditions are likely to be more vulnerable to the virus. To make sense of the next phase of COVID, our reporter Richard Young spoke with the head of Kent County Council Trading Standards Consumer and Public Safety Team, a public health expert and the owner of a specialised decontamination business, as well as members of the public out and about on the streets of Maidstone. The theme that emerged from these conversations is that businesses must still be on their guard against COVID if they're to maintain the trust of their customers and keep their local community safe.
1: My name is James Woodett. I'm an operations manager for King County Council Trading Standards and I manage the consumer and public safety team, which deals with a variety of issues that affect the public from and explosives through to underage sales, weights and measures, those sorts of very broad issues that most people would associate with trading standards.
2: Could you talk us through what your involvement has been in helping your colleagues and helping the public and business in Kent get to grips with, with COVID and the regulations as they've come in and as they've changed over the last couple of years?
1: Obviously, with COVID, there was a complete change in how we as a service prioritise the work. Back in the first lockdowns, there was lots of legislation that came in very, very quickly that was complicated and affected businesses and consumers alike. So as a service, we prioritised the support that we could provide and the response. I spent a lot of my time at that point reviewing the legislation when it came in and advising the trading standards teams. And I was also um, within a position within uh, Kent County Council that I chaired um, an enforcement cell that fed into the main uh, KCC process in dealing with the emergency response. And that cell was there to ensure that all enforcement agencies, so not just trading standards within the local authority, but then also the enforcement agencies within districts, the police, transport police, or any sort of enforcer, that because we could all participate under the legislation, there was a need to ensure that we were all consistent so that any business within the county, um, and that's Kent and also Medway as a unitary authority, so across that area, every business had um, a consistent approach from the enforcing teams and it enabled us to ensure that the workload was appropriate between us. The biggest change that we've got since um, the lockdowns that we've had previously is that back then there was lots of legislation restricting people on what they could do. And there were certain caveats when people going into somebody's home for emergency work, et cetera, were, it was permitted and other wasn't. Well, that legislation has now gone. So as a trader, you might think, oh, I don't need to wear a face covering. But actually, that's probably still one of the strongest safeguards that that and hand sanitization when you're going in and things like that to keep you as the trader safe. And also your customers and clients, because as you move from home to home, if you've picked up the virus, you could be spreading it to your clients. And likewise, you could inadvertently get it from one of your clients and then spread it around to other people. So, that simple step of wearing a face covering when you're going in and out of people's homes, still doing hand sanitization, whilst it's not a legal requirement, if you go to um, the government website to look at how to keep your business safe, that's still the kind of guidance that's being provided for businesses.
2: Would you say that maybe from a business point of view as well, it's, it it makes sense to wear a face covering to set your customers at ease? Perhaps if you're, you know, a trader, a, a paint decorator, you're going into a, 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 let's say, maybe an elderly person's house, you might be a little bit wary if somebody is coming into the home without a face covering. That's going to have a knock-on effect to whether your business is recommended to other people. It's going to ultimately affect, you know, whether people want you going into their home or not, isn't it? The trouble is the
1: majority of the population who were at risk and did isolate will probably have a higher concern factor of catching covid now irrelevant of everything that's been said in the media so a very good business practice would be to check and see what your customer client is actually happy with and you can do that when you're taking the booking to find out you know their covid status are they elderly at risk if they've got any other health concerns and you know if you're unsure then have that conversation before you arrive because you know it can be quite awkward if they greet you at the doorstep with a mask and you've got to run back to the van to go and grab one whereas if you know that you know your next client is vulnerable and does want you to wear a mask if you've got that in the conversation up front, you can be prepared you'll look more professional and also you'll be sending the message that you want to be there and do the work for them and be respectful of whatever it is something that to get recommendation and possibly to get further business people will be respectful of the steps that you've taken to make them feel at ease whilst you're working in their property obviously if you're doing things that are on the, um, the outside of the property then you might not need to But if you're going in and out of the property, I don't know, for materials or access to services and things like that, it's just that point about being respectful of the homeowner. And, you know, if they're requiring you to wear a mask, that would probably be the best thing to do for your business moving forwards what about in, I suppose, the reverse of that scenario,
2: if you as a trader have a health condition or one of your employees does and they're going into people's homes and they say they get to a home where you have an appointment, to turn up to do some work, you arrive and let's say they come to the door, they're not wearing a mask, you feel uncomfortable about going into their premises. What would you say to traders in that situation? I mean, would would, would they be within their, their rights to refuse to carry out the work?
1: For those small firms that employ people, they still have their responsibility under the Health and Safety at Work Act, where if you're going into an area of known risk, you should take precautions and have a risk assessment. So if it is your policy because of the vulnerability of yourself or your own staff, that you don't want to go to a premises where they haven't done like um, an LFT test, before or within 24 hours. And, you know, you want that kind of proof of a negative test before you go in, then it's that point, the expectations need to be set before you arrive on the doorstep, because that then doesn't waste the trader's time. And it doesn't frustrate the consumer or the client when, you know, they think you're going to come and fit that new light for them or do that bit of plumbing because they need you to do it there and then, and you go, oh, terribly sorry, I can't do that because you haven't done this. It's that whole point about expectation. If the client knows you want an LFT notification from them before you go, or when you get there, it's confirmed, or to wear face masks, it removes that embarrassment on the doorstep. And it allows you as the trader to do your job. You're protecting yourself and your staff. You're also making sure that you're compliant with the health and safety at work Act requirements. And your client gets the work done that they're expecting when you said you were going to do it. So it's more about communication, I suppose, and making sure there's no assumption. If you remove the assumption and you've agreed what's expected, then the transaction should move forward, I would have thought, as smoothly as it can do. Because each one's going to be individual. It's just a subtle different way of trading and maybe a little bit more attention to the communication before you arrive.
0: To get some practical tips on how businesses can deal with real-world COVID scenarios, including the simple measures they can implement as part of a risk assessment, Richard spoke with Helen Buckingham, a highly experienced public health professional who wrote a series of guides to help businesses at the onset of the COVID pandemic.
3: I think it's really important that businesses don't just think, yippee, let's throw away the rule book because there aren't any anymore. And I think they would be losing out quite a big part of their customer base if they were to do that. I know as a human being on the planet, but also as a regulator. And until recently, I was running services, implementing these regulations. There's a lot of people out there that are still feeling very anxious. Anxious because they are physically vulnerable or mentally vulnerable. They haven't coped well. They're still not coping well. The prospect of going back to work even or going into other people's homes is a big deal. So businesses, please don't think just because the rules aren't there anymore, you can just go back to doing everything you you can. I think that would be quite short sighted, to be honest. I think if you are a business that's sending people either yourself or or your workers into other people's homes, this whole piece around doing a risk assessment for COVID, just like you would risk assess working from a height, slips and trips, you know, risk assessing for COVID is just another thing to assess the risks of and put measures into place to protect people. The Health and Safety at Work Act says um, employees must risk, you know, take account of all risks. And COVID is still a risk. So that thing is there. And I think, you know, don't be shy of doing a risk assessment because actually it is a common sense series of questions to ask yourself. The HSE uh, has produced a lot of information to help and it helps you do the right thing by your workers and for the people's homes that you're going into.
2: Do you think maybe vaccination could be factored into a risk assessment?
3: In terms of your own workforce, if you were writing a risk assessment, taking into account the impact of your workforce on other people, if you knew with some certainty that your workforce was fully vaccinated and boosted, that's quite a different thing to risk assess than if your workforce was not vaccinated and boosted. So I think it's useful to ask your workforce if they're willing to share that with you, then by all means. With with working in other people's homes, it's all about this upfront information, and I I don't always get the sense that this happened, but I think it would be really useful. If you have a job to do in Mrs. Megan's house that involves some manual work inside her house, the best thing you can do as an employer of sending someone in is to call ahead call you know when you take the when you take the booking talk a little bit about this but the day before call ahead how are you Mrs Meggins? how is your family how, how you know are you COVID free all the rest of it um, Fred and Mavis are coming to see you tomorrow to do this job I can tell you that they are both vaccinated they are both well so I'm reassuring you that they're coming into your home and they are well are you well can you give that reassurance for me so I can protect my workforce and I think that really sets the tone doesn't it you're protecting yours and you're, you're protecting them as well and i think people should welcome that so that might be a thing to do certainly
2: presumably from a good business point of view and and a reputational point of view it makes sense to to be carrying out those kind of, of, of processes
3: It does. And they might be really nervous about the prospect of work people coming into their homes. They might not want to say anything. So they might not proactively pick up the phone and ask you because they might think, oh, they'll think I'm being silly. You know how people are sometimes. But if you as a business did take that upper hand, that sort of, you know, doing the right thing, it's not only is it great customer services, but you are really caring about your, your customers and offering that information up front. That takes the angst all away, doesn't it?
0: Our team went out onto the streets of Maidstone to speak with members of the public about their concerns surrounding Covid and inviting people into their homes. They started off by asking whether the pandemic had prevented them from getting work done by traders previously, and what their sentiments are when it comes to keeping their families safe in the current situation.
4: Uh, It didn't really stop me, um, because the company we engaged to do extensions and stuff actually were very good with their Covid restrictions. Beforehand, okay. they were masked up with everything else, which we were very delighted with. Uh, well, I think they did a good risk, risk assessment. Uh, they pointed out that with their workers would be there, what they'd need to do. Um, they wore masks throughout there. They asked us to sort of stay away as best we could. Uh, they didn't use any of our facilities. If, if, so there was there was a limitation of how much you could clean up and keep it going on that side. Uh, so we were quite pleased with that side. I think COVID has, has made everybody... Well, from who I speak to, are more aware of the circumstances around. And when I travel abroad, the Far East in particular, people are always wearing masks, um, and that's from a SARS business and also the amount of carbon monoxide in the air. Now, back in UK, I notice people are much more conscious, so when we come in and out, it's masked. We've just come back from Tenerife, where there's quite a harsh system of how you wear masks and don't wear masks on that side. So for the future... I think people, well, most people should be more conscious of it, but it wouldn't put me off. As providing the people I engage come up with a policy and they stick to the policy. But
0: are these Kent residents reluctant to have work carried out in their houses now because of COVID?
3: Um, No, no, because I've been vaccinated and boosted and everything, so no, and at the end of the day, it's up to the people who you know, who, who haven't had it. So it's up to them, really. So now I, I feel quite confident now. So yeah, I mean, obviously, if they haven't been vaccinated, then yeah, of course. Um, but no, to be honest, not really, because, you know, there's not really much more we can do. I think we just got to treat it like a bit like a flu now as well. So yeah.
0: And do people expect that face masks should still be worn by a trader carrying out work in their home?
3: I work in public health so I know the pandemic is not coming to an end so I would still expect and I did I just had a, a uh, someone coming to fit curtains recently and I had the same expectation and I would expect people to continue um, with the, until the end of the year probably. Right. It would absolutely be a deciding factor and non-compliance is just not you know they're going into other people's homes as well and so I'd expect them to wear a mask and I'd expect them to sanitize. Yeah, so I would do all of
0: that. Helen Buckingham has some suggestions of things for traders to bear in mind when entering a home, particularly if they themselves feel that they are being put at risk by a customer who may be displaying symptoms of COVID.
3: It's a tricky one, and it wouldn't. It, it would be a good idea to kind of rehearse those scenarios at the next team meeting. What do you do if you knock on the door? You've already phoned ahead that morning or the day before. They said they were fine. But now you've turned up and they open the door. They're clearly not fine, and they are exhibiting. I mean, you you can't obviously interview them about what are your symptoms. Do you have this? Do you? But you'll have to find the right language. So that's something that um, in a team meeting or, or together you could rehearse what kind of thing might you say. And I think if it was me on the doorstep. Hello, Mr Smith. Um, yes, we're here to do this job today. Oh, you, you appear to not be very well. And, oh, and they're coughing and coughing and they're sweating or they're exhibiting some of the other symptoms. Um, ah, Okay, then I'm, I'm really sorry, but um, I think... We're going to have to, to, to think again about this. It's not that I don't want your business. Um, we'd really like to do this today. But obviously, I as an employer or I as a worker with other workers have to take care of my health and safety and theirs. And if I come into your house today, I think there could be a risk that I might catch something. So I'm really sorry. Please bear with us. Let, let's, let's revisit this. Let's get another date in the diary.
0: Next, Richard spoke with Paul O'Hara, whose business, The Decontaminator, is a TS Checked Scheme member. Paul specialises in decontaminating areas that may have been exposed to viruses, including COVID, and has some great advice on the things that all businesses should think about when they carry out work in other people's homes. My name's Paul O'Hara. I'm the director for the Decontaminator
5: we know that infections actually start at frequent touch points. Uh, Frequent touch points, um, it it either starts there or it gains momentum there. Um, At these sites, you will now see people struggling to actually navigate a building. You'll see people using their elbows, you'll see people pulling their sleeves down to actually open a door. I mean, what they ought to be doing is simply using their hands uh, to
0: to actually open the door and washing their hands frequently and and effectively. So what do Paul and his team focus on when going into a premises to decontaminate it?
5: We look at all the door handles. We look at push plates. We look at, uh, at bars, uh, push bars. We look at exit buttons. Um, we also, when when we decontaminate, we also go underneath chairs uh, because people pull themselves in under chairs. Um, we look at sinks. Sinks are absolute havens for uh, for infection, um, and you know, all, all of these key points are are immediate markers that we have to actually address. So we're dealing with the invisible pathogen. So we have to be absolutely diligent in reaching everywhere. There's no short measures with this. Um, We can't sort of uh, go into a premises and say, "Okay, well, there's that point, that point, that point that needs to be done. We need to do everything and anything and make special emphasis on the, the frequent touch points. I think the key is really... Touch the least amount of, of fixtures and fittings as you can. Wash your hands um, in front of people so that they have some confidence in in your protecting their interests as well. Um, do the job that you're meant to do and wash your hands again. Um, but wash your hands properly. I mean, more than twenty seconds. Uh, I know that there was the the big happy birthday to you. Um, but that really does work. It, it's an alien environment. Um, water is an alien environment for these pathogens and they ne- it needs this length of time to be uh, dealt with properly. So that, that's
0: really the message that, that I'd like to get across. And what about if a trader encounters a situation where they think it likely that COVID may already be present? People need to react speedily um, and react by getting
5: in professionals, people who know what they're doing, who can write up the risk assessment for them um, and making sure that that the job is done properly. Um, and it, even before testing has has gone through, um, if if you. Of, of course, if you're having a lateral flow test or a PCR, that's a great way of identifying it. But what we're doing is we're, as environmental cleaners, we're actually going into situations and we will take out all of the infections in that particular area, irrespective of what they are. Now, that's going to be good bacteria as well as bad bacteria. Um, it's going to be viruses which lie dormant until such time as they find a host. So our job is to go in there and eliminate all of those
0: pathogens. Well, we hope you've gained some useful tips and advice on how to keep yourself, your employees and your customers safe as we all learn to live with COVID. Remember, by taking COVID seriously, you're not just helping your business to stay on top, you're helping to protect your local community and making Kent a stronger, more resilient place for all of us. Please feel free to share this podcast with friends and colleagues, get in touch at tschecked@kent.gov.uk at kent.gov.uk with your thoughts and experiences and listen out for the rest of the podcasts in this Kent County Council TS Checked series. Thank you for listening.